The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, hey, hey! But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all. Points in the Paint podcast is always presented by Stadium. I'm Ben Wittenstein. And I, of course, am Zach Badger House. Zach, you be in the place to be. In the house. I thought that's how you are going to finish it. That's how you are going to finish it. <laughs> You can find Points of the Paint podcast on Twitter at Points Paint. We appreciate everyone uh, giving us a follow. L- leave us a review. We'd love to hear from people. I think it's it's been a while since we've seen that. So leave us a review if you can. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. We're going to come out every week. Right now it's every Tuesday of the NBA season. So yes. we're happy to be with you. And, Zach, we are officially about a week in to the NBA season. Week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited. We're kind of figuring out which teams are working, which teams are not. It's I think it's still a little early to believe or disbelieve in some teams, but for our dunk or deny segment, our buy or sell segment, I am I'm already out on a team <laughs> just kind of staying afloat at this point. So I, maybe it's too early, but I don't know. Listen, I always tell people 15 games is the amount of games is pretty much the standard of how you how you pretty much know how a team's gonna do. Uh, 15, maybe 20 games. It's 82 games in a season now. And I, I yeah. always keep reminding people that not to jump the gun over the first, you know, five, six, seven games. You know, you kind of want to give it at least 15, maybe even 20 games, depending on the team, to really know what you're going to have for the rest of the season. But I see you already jumping ship on one of these teams. So let's just oh, yeah. right to it. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get into that in a second. And we're, what, six, seven games through the NBA season so yes. far. So we still got a little while to go to we can officially make our dead in the water or contender <laughs> picks. But let's start out with one big thing of the week. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. Go BT, our one big thing of the week, our new segment that we're doing. Uh, the one big thing you and I have both observed this week that we just want to give out to the world. And my one big thing this week, Zach, the NBA is wide open. And that is that is the general assumption that I have made through two weeks of the NBA season, mm-hmm. that this league, which – you know, if you lived through the mid-2010s, it wasn't like this. But the NBA is wide open. I don't think we can for sure say we have a favorite to win the NBA Finals at this point. You have good teams, right? You have teams like the Jazz, and you have teams like the Heat who are looking good, and teams like the Warriors. But they're still beatable teams. You know, they don't look like all infallible teams like the Warriors did in the late 2010s or the Cleveland Cavaliers did in 2015, 2016. So my general thing from watching the NBA the past two weeks is the league, which is fun and I think good, but the league is wide open. You really think so? I do. Well, I guess you. I guess when you kind of when you look at it through the grand scheme of things so far, you know, throughout this season, I guess you could say there's no clear cut favorite. But again, that's only because you know it's kind of early. You know, it is. not really had opportunity to determine who look who looks really good. You know, you look at the East. You got the Knicks at the top. 
I don't think anybody would have thought through the first week that the New York Knicks would be sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference. Not at all. And especially the Bucks to be sitting where they are around like the seven or eight spot. But that just goes to show you how, you know, coaches with new, new teams with new coaches and getting a new foundation, it's working in certain places. And maybe not the case for other places. And I know we'll get into that later on in the podcast. Yeah. And and I think, again, maybe I jumped the gun too soon on a couple of my takes in today's episode. (laughs) But it does seem at least early on that the league is is pretty wide open, which which I think is great. You know, I think the NBA is a better league when you don't when you know it's not going to be Warriors and Cavaliers for the fourth straight time in the NBA Finals. (laughs) You know, I think the the league is better for it when you just don't know who's going to be the winner. But it also makes it more fun. I mean, you have teams that you thought were going to be good, like the the Bucks, like you said, um, even the Raptors, um, just kind of struggling, playing okay, but struggling. Bucks are under 500. Um, And then you have teams, again, in the Western Conference, like the Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Clippers, teams that you expected to be in the top five by the end of the season. Clippers are... One and four. The Suns are two and three. But you no, know they're, what? They're struggling. You know what though, being with the Clippers. Remember, I said it in the beginning. I don't really. I didn't really expect them to do too well without Kawhi. A lot I of this, you know, but one and four. That, I mean, would, look at who they have on their team. Who else is going to really find their own offense at a consistent rate? Being outside of Paul George. I mean, they're relying and trying to put a lot of offensive pressure on Reggie Jackson, but he hasn't really showed too much just of yet. Just of yet. Terrence Mann, that's another guy with a lot of promise on their team, and they were looking for, you know, good offensive productivity from him, and they haven't really got that from him just yet either. So, I mean, I, I think a team that's one in four that doesn't really – they they're one in four, but they haven't played that way. The Indiana Pacers, I would oh, say, yeah. the Indiana Pacers is yeah. a team that isn't a t- that isn't playing up to par. But there's a lot of context into that team and why they're struggling. Yeah, they're they're one in six, which is mm-hmm. somehow way worse looking than one in four. Um, <laughs> but of course, they they don't have Karis Levert, um, and they don't have T.J. Warren, so they don't have basically two of their best players are yep. out at this point. I know Demontis Sabonis. He's their all-star. He is their best player. But Levert and Warren are, are easily two and three on that team. So they've been without them. Levert, hopefully, he's going to come back within the next week or so. And then you'll have TJ Warren coming back down the road in a couple weeks, a couple months. So I think the Pacers right now, there is going to be some issues with them because they are missing some of these players. But you have had the teams who you thought were going to be better. I mean, the Celtics are another one of those teams just looking at the standings right now. They're two and four. They have not looked great. They have had injury issues with Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown had a COVID issue. But again, two and four is not great for a Celtics team that is expected to, to make a playoff run if they if they could. Let me tell you something about that Boston Celtics team. <laughs> Just oh, no. let me tell you something. You know me and my part, my parlays, man. Ben, have, have they been losing you money, <laughs> bro? Listen, bro. <laughs> I had to. I think the Wizards and the Celtics play right. Everything hit. That game went to overtime. Two overtimes, matter of yeah. fact. So double OT. So you expect every little, you know, every little bet you have to hit. You know, the 10, 10 plus, fifteen plus, whatever rebounds, whatever. Guess who couldn't get 10 lousy points, played 42 minutes, and couldn't get 10 points? Oh, no. Their backup point guard, who expe- who declined 80-some million dollars last season and is now making chump change compared to the other other guys in the NBA, Dennis Schroeder, cost me that's, that's top dollar. <laughs> I had the same issue with Jason Tatum. He His three-point prop was two and a half. 
and they went into double overtime. Double. He had to hit three point three three pointers. He went zero for five. Zero for five, Zach. So I think both you and I are done betting on the Celtics, <laughs> and I think that's a bigger conversation that people need to have about how, how good the Celtics team is. Um, so Man, again, I remember I said that too. I don't know if this team, yeah, it's gonna be that I, good this year. I, now we kind of seeing it a little bit early on. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> All the pieces seemingly are there, but the execution just has been has been really bad with this Celtics team. They go through droughts of scoring really poorly, and they're just not a great defensive team. You know, they just they have a lot of issues. It's it's not a great look for the Celtics. They really but, need a point guard. Yeah, they do. They they need they need a distributor. Dennis Schroeder is not the point it. guard for them. <laughs> It is not good. Um, so yeah, that, that was my one big thing. You know, I, I just think you, you see these teams and you think I, I, there's just no favorite. There's no favorite for me. And I mean, again, in, in the biggest team of them all, the Nets, they're what, four and three? They look okay. And people thought they were going to win the NBA finals. Now that maybe they were expecting Kyrie Irving to be playing with the Nets, but his absence is clearly being felt in Brooklyn with them not living up to standards, not covering the spread and, and losing games they should win. So, it just seems to me the league is as wide open as we have seen it in a while, which is exciting, and I think it's a good thing. Well, you know, a lot of reason why that Brooklyn Net team hasn't necessarily played too well is because of my one big thing. Yes. And my one big thing is the officiating of the NBA this season being, and I don't know if you heard what Draymond Green said, in his last post-game interview, but I'm all Draymond Green with what he said. He said he loves watching the game of basketball again because at a point in time, he really couldn't watch the NBA because of the terrible foul calls that would constantly be called. And if you've watched enough basketball so far this season, you kind of have to be pleased. The scoring isn't as high, but that's because those foul calls that you usually would receive from the likes of a Trey Young, who has called the, the officiating out, uh, Devin Booker, there's another player, Damian Lillard, and last but not least, James Harden. Now, James Harden, Ben, he had a breakout game in terms from the free throw line. Not, I believe it was Friday night where he went like 14 and 16 from the free throw line. It's the first time he had cracked double digit free throws this year. Now, they were about five or six games in. And so he really wasn't playing that well, neither thanks to the new officiating rules. And I'm loving these officiating rules because now there's a meme floating around with my man's Giannis Antetokounmpo that says, now look who, now look who has skill and doesn't have skill. Look, my man's Giannis being is off the 35% three point shooters. I'm just throwing that out there. That's amazing. I, I do think the officiating has been a lot more fun. There was that number that they threw out about how free throw attempts are down. Because these officials are just letting more things go. And I really hope that they continue to do so. Because seeing James Harden do some dumb thing with his hands and pretending like he got hit everywhere in his body and going flying in the shots, it's just not fun basketball to watch. Mm -hmm. And I think the NBA knew that. And so they had to make a change with the officiating. And I think they really did make the change with the officiating because we're seeing games with better flow. We're seeing more plays in transition. We're just seeing better basketball in general. We're not seeing these players. It's better basketball. It's a better product. We're not seeing the players not play basketball and just try to get a foul instead. That's just, Mm -hmm. that's not fun. That's not what basketball, that's not in the spirit of the rules. And I think the NBA realized that 
And I think the officials continue to realize that because they are holding their whistles a lot more than I've been used to seeing in the past four, five, six years. And I'm just super pleased with it being. I'm super pleased. And I hope that the players who who don't have who don't really like these new officiating uh, rules, I hope they, they find the a issue. way. Yeah. <laughs> they were the they, issue. <laughs> they were. And I hope they find a way to improve their game offensively and still be able to be, you know, uh the superb superstars that they've been in the league thus far up until this point. You know, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Devin Booker. You know, I, I just know those are the three guys that I know it's kind of affected the most so far this year. And I just hope their stats be able to turn around. Yeah. And, and again, I think. There is somewhat of an art to being able to get a foul call and being able to send yourself to the line. But yes. the, the Harden and I'll admit Doncic, my guy in, in Dallas and Trey <laughs> Young and, and even Dame Lillard. I mean, all of them did it to the extreme and did it past the line of what I think was acceptable in playing the game of basketball. And they were they were doing it. It was it was almost like they found a loophole that just made the game worse, where they said we, we can initiate this contact, not within the flow of the game, not with trying, not because we got past the defender and got inside the to the basket and forced the contact. It's because we just did this dumb thing that looks like we got hit really hard and the officials have to blow their whistle. And I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm a hundred percent with you that the officiating this season has been a lot better because they're just letting things go. They're letting defenders hand check a little bit more on the perimeter, too. So it's becoming more aggressive. And you said it. I mean, the scores have been lower across the board by like three or four points a game than yes. where we were last season. But the league is still exciting. Still the games exciting. have been exciting. We've seen there was a night, I think it was last Tuesday, last Thursday, where there was seven, eight dunks that were amazing throughout the whole night. I don't think I saw a night like that where we saw so many highlight dunks happen within like an hour of each other. So the league is still exciting, and if not the most exciting it has been, and we're just seeing less it's, and less dumb foul calls. And that just goes back to your one big thing of the NBA being wide open because yeah. any given night can be can be a team's night. You know, any given night. We saw a team bottom of the barrel <laughs> this last week yeah. come back from a lot of points, and we'll get into that. <laughs> All right, so let's do our dunk and uh, dunk or deny which is our version of buy or sell. Um, so, Zach, I will dunk on, and I'm, again, this is talking about maybe being a little too early, but I'm going to dunk on blowing up the Portland Trailblazers. I think it's time. I think that team has been around together for too long to be having these kind of really crappy results continue to happen with this team. And I know it's early in the season. And I know Chauncey Billups is their new head coach this season. He has only coached in six games, so maybe it is early to be saying they should blow up the team. But the core has been the same. Dame and CJ and Nurkic and Covington, it's all there. It's all been there. And they still have not been able to do anything. Their offense is pedestrian. Their defense is average, which is a little better than they were last season, but it's still, you know, 18th, 19th in the league in defensive efficiency. They're shooting threes as as much as anyone in the NBA. Their three-point percentage is still good, which you would expect. Dame is having an offseason, 23% from three for Damian Lillard this season, which is way below his 38% career average. But I just I don't see the Blazers surprising everyone and just becoming this contender overnight. They still just seem like that pedestrian, little above-average team that maybe will make the playoffs as like a seven or eight seed and just kind of fade into the ether after the first round. Yeah, I, I can feel where you're coming from when you break it down in terms of blowing it up. But it's, I don't it's know if you time heard, to move on. I don't, I don't know if you heard that Damian Lillard soundtrack, 
but he's clearly not thinking about blowing up this team. I think he wants to stay. I think what he really wants is somebody to come to Portland. I think that's what he really <laughs> wants. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think that's what Dame really wants, someone to come to him as opposed to him leaving for to join a super team because we know he said that time and time again. That's not his M.O. Chauncey Phillips, I think when watching the games, Ben, you see the difference between the offense with Chauncey Phillips and uh, Coach Scott last year. You can really see the difference. And when I watched a few Portland Trailblazers games, particularly the, the last two, they don't screen enough, not necessarily enough, but they don't screen as much as they used to to free up Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. So they're kind of stuck in position sometimes. We have to do a little more of creating off the dribble to get mm-hmm. their shots. And they're shooting a lot of bad shots late into the shot clock as well. That's some of the things that I noticed with uh, the Blazers watching them last week. Yeah, they definitely have changed up their offense, and it's a little different than what Terry Stotts did in his tenure there. So maybe, maybe again, you give him 20 games, if, yeah, if the man. offense hasn't improved and they haven't found the groove and rhythm of the offense that, that Chauncey Billups wants them to play, then come I'll come back in, in December, in mid-December, and say, once again, Zach, they need to blow up the, the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> that is, I am buying that. I'm dunking on that one. Uh, and you, if we go to the other coast, the East Coast... Yeah, I had to go out east. <laughs> what do you like? So, so if we dunking on anything, we gotta be dunking on that that DMV team, that team out there in Washington D.C. to watch the Wizards. And you know, this is the podcast we were as of last week. We keep a track of coups. <laughs> so we are keeping track. So this is the Kuzma tracker right here. So the Washington <laughs> Wizards are currently five and one in the uh, NBA right now with the Eastern Conference. And they've played exceptionally well. There's a piece out there by SB Nation Washington Wizards about how they could possibly go into a funk based off how they played despite their success. But I think that the success will continue because they have the ability to create off the dribble. They have a guy in Montrez Harrell who will come off your bench and give you 22 and 13 if need be. And, and Ben, I also want to mention this. Montrose Harrell can definitely be a candidate for that sixth man of the year. I know Tyler Harrell's been playing well, but I think Trez can also make a statement on that reward as well. Kuzma, man, he's playing exceptionally well for this team. And we already know it's being led by Bradley Bill. We got a shot maker in Spencer Dinwiddie. Listen, the Wizards right now, I know it's early, and I always say 15, maybe 20. But I like what the Washington Wizards is doing right now. I'm dugging on their success, and I hope it continues. They've been fun. They they really have been fun, and they're another one of those teams that you did not expect to be a top five team in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. But here they are, sitting at third in the East at five and one on the season. And you know we're keeping track of Kyle Kuzma. He's had his ups and downs since we started doing that, but he had a 17 in 17, 17 games on the boards. <laughs> now it was two overtime game. It was a two overtime game, but. He still did a good job, 17 points, 17 rebounds. Um, so, I mean, he, he's been, I don't want to say crucial to the team's success, but he's been a decent part of, of them. He's still, I know, one of my good friends, Washington Wizards fan, and he still is annoyed at what Kyle Kuzma does on the court. What? But, Damn. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate for him. Still but, you know, he's, he's been a part. He's been a, he's been a part of the Wizards, and, and he's been a, a decent part of their success. And whatever they thought, was going to happen. I'm sure the Wizards are exceeding expectations with those lineups and what they thought uh, was going to happen. And, and they were without Spencer Dinwiddie and they won a game. You know, like they're, they're winning games without some of the better players or with some of the better scorers. And it's just been impressive what they've done. 
Yes. What All right, so we're going to – so I am denying – I'm denying the idea – excuse me, I'm denying counting the Nuggets out. And you okay. know I'm a big Nuggets supporter. Yes. And I and I love riding with the my doughy son. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm always surprised when not only the betting markets – but fans and NBA supporters look at the Nuggets. They look at them without Jamal Murray. They look at them playing a back-to-back. They look at them playing a better team off a terrible loss, and they say Nuggets are going to lose. They count the Nuggets out. What game and they in never particular learn. are you talking about? They never learn, Zach. Let me bring up the schedule for the Denver okay. Nuggets because they were an underdog. Was it Friday and night or Thursday I, night? I believe it was, uh, thir- it was uh, Friday night. So they were coming off the back-to-back on that Friday were, night. It was, yeah, it was a Friday night game against the Mavericks. They won 106 to 75. And <laughs> I don't believe they were favored. Um, and that was off a bad loss to the Jazz. It was a bad lost, loss to the they Jazz. Lost to the, they lost to the Cavs and they lost to the Jazz back-to-back. So they come into the, the, the Mavericks game, a couple days rest, a couple days recuperate, and they blow them out of the water. And then they play the Timberwolves the next night on a back-to-back on the road. And they win that game. Oh, yeah. And you know what's crazy about that game? I was they watching that game, too. That game. They yeah. were underdogs in that game. And that game was a great at. That was a great game. And I yeah. thought Timberwolves had that game because they had – let me tell you who all played well. Cat played well. After the Edwards played well. And D'Angelo Russell played well. And they still yeah. couldn't beat that team. Yeah. So, yes. Which, they're great. And they're – with Jamal Murray, they're obviously contenders. And their bench has had issues. And their benches looked a little better, but it's had issues. But they are a team, whenever Michael Malone coaches them, I don't know what he does to that team. But when they look their worst, coming off a game that they look bad in, or a game they're not supposed to win, they play their butts off. And they somehow win these games. And I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how they win a back-to-back on the road against a better Timberwolves team playing a really good game. And they win that game. So I'm just sick and tired of the betting market counting the Nuggets out, (laughs) of the people counting the Nuggets out. I will gladly take the money with the Nuggets as underdogs. Plus two and a half, plus three, plus 120 on the money line. You know, I will take the Nuggets anytime that they're going to be underdogs in games because they just find ways to win, whether it be defense, whether it be Jokic hitting three point shots late in games. He takes uh, shots. He is yeah. constantly, yeah. He just for that's why he's the MVP. He forces his team to essentially win these games with his with his offensive ability. So I, I just I don't know why at this point we count the Nuggets out. They came back from two straight 3-1 deficits in the playoffs. So I, I don't know why it's 2021, Zach, and people are still like, no, the Nuggets are definitely going to lose this game. <laughs> At least Vegas. <laughs> At least, At least Vegas. Vegas. At least but I, Vegas. I will still take the money there. If I'm denying anything, it's the idea of the Los Angeles Lakers not being a top-four seed in the Western Conference. Now, I know, Ben, they're struggling. Yeah, they they were struggling. Ooh, they, they lost. They they lost to Oklahoma City. LeBron didn't play, but they lost to that team. We Never lose to OKC. <laughs> and so, uh, let's see. Lakers top four, and this is the reason why. Because they got LeBron James, and I've really enjoyed Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony has played very very well coming off that bench. 
giving them that offensive lift that they need sometimes. Sometimes the oh, starters, yeah. man, they don't, they come out flat. They let yeah. the other team come out, just jump right on them right away. And then Melo kind of comes in the game and simmers it down a little bit. You know, he kind of gets control of it. Russell, okay, I'm going to say this one more time. It's the last time I'm going to say this, man. You got to give Russell Westbrook some time. I know he right, he's going, he's he flying up and down the floor, playing super hard. He got to learn his teammates. He got to know where they're going to be at the right time. Listen, the Washington Wizards last season, they did the same thing with Westbrook. Westbrook came in. They struggled. You know, Bradley Bill got hurt. Russell kind of carried it a little bit. Dan Brad came back, and it was all fluid, and they were able to get themselves in playoff contention. I think the same. I think the same thing is the case over here in LA. Westbrook just got to figure out the team, figure out who's going to be where in the right spots, and he'll get it going again. He's already getting his offense is kind of picking up, as you can see a little bit. He's starting to figure it out offensively as time goes on out there in LA. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. You if might I be jumping shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, listen, I don't want to say I, I'm not out on the Lakers just yet. I'm not because they're not they're not playing for the regular season. You know, they're they're playing to play in the playoffs, and I, I'm going to take anything that they do in the regular season at least until the All Star break with a grain of salt. Because okay. this is LeBron AD, they don't care about the season until the second half starts. Maybe even the second. By the fourth quarter of the season, they're going to start caring. I mean, this is, they know they're going to make the playoffs and they know even if AD and LeBron are going 75% every single game, they're going to probably make the playoffs that way. They're, they're going to be better than most other teams in the Western Conference. So whatever they do in the regular season, I think I'm okay with for the most part, but I don't know if they're going to finish top four and Ooh. I don't know if they're going to be unbeatable once the playoffs do start because if they do half ass their way right through the season, I don't know if they're going to figure stuff out with Russell Westbrook. I don't know if they're going to figure stuff out with their lack of shooting. I don't know if they're going to figure stuff out with the defense that still somehow is struggling when they were so good last season. So they need to still figure stuff out, but it just depends when they want to figure that out. <laughs> do they want to wait till the end of the season to figure that out? If they do, I still don't know if I can trust them going into the playoffs. Listen, I think, GM LeBron mode might kick in after like 15, 20 games. I'm listen, after like 15, 20 games, I think Brian might put his GM hat on and start exploring other options to get some other guys over there. And I wouldn't really be surprised, maybe not in December, okay? Like when that first Mm -hmm. little wave of trades happened, but in like February, I wouldn't be surprised if Russell Westbrook had on a different jersey. <laughs> because, GM, because GM LeBron the mode that kicked in and he got to get a shooter or something over there. I wouldn't be surprised. Ooh, that would be great. That would be wild. I mean, it's the Lakers are fifth worst in the NBA in defensive points given up a game. Mm-hmm. Fifth worst. And the thing that got them to the finals in the bubble and won them the finals was their defense. So that is a thing they need to fix. That is a big thing they need to fix. <laughs> and that's if they don't fix that, I don't know. They're going to be top be four. Tough. I don't even yeah. know if they're going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we'll we'll have to see. But I, it's interesting. We'll monitor that Lakers situation. Yeah, we got to monitor. You're that. not buying that they're still going to be top four. Um, all right, things we want to see this week. Future. Zach, looking to the future of this week, I could start with what I want to see, and what I want to see 
Mm-hmm. Is I want to see. I'll go back to Chicago. I'll, I'll talk about the Bulls. I haven't talked about the Bulls all podcast, so you're welcome for that. But I want to talk. They have a much more difficult schedule coming up in the next week, week and a half than they did to start the season. So what I want to see from them is I want to actually see them win some of these games, and they did a good job beating the Jazz in a game that they were not favored to win, in a game they people did not, not think they were going to win. They. Yeah, they they lost to the Knicks by one in a game they probably should have won. DeMar DeRozan missed the game-winning shot. He airballed the game-winning shot. So the Bulls had a chance to win against the Knicks. I will take that. That's fine. You're going to lose a one-point game against the Knicks. That's that's fine. Beat the Jazz in a good win. You're going to play the Celtics. You're going to play the 76ers. You're going to play the Nets. That's all this week. 76ers twice, Celtics and the Nets. Then they go on the next week. They play the Mavs, the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Nuggets. You know, they go out west and they do their whole – a circus trip out west. So this the schedule is going to get really hard for them. So what I want to see from them this week is, Zach, I want them to win some of these games. I want them to win more games than they lose, obviously, but I want them to go on their West Coast trip, and I want them to be over 500, which is you know a thing when they were bad, they struggle on the West Coast trips. They weren't on losing streaks, and they just played really poorly on the road on the West Coast. So I want them to win some of these games that maybe they're not expected to win or maybe that are close because they, it was all fun, fun, fun times. 4-0, great start, loved it, but it wasn't against good teams. So this is really where the real test starts for this Bulls team. So I would love to see them actually win these games handily against good teams to really finally know where they sit in the East. They played the Pistons twice, huh? They play, so they played the Pistons. I feel like they played uh, the Pistons twice. They played the Pistons twice. They played, <laughs> Damn. They played, they played, the, they played the Pistons. Okay, so they played the Pistons twice. I know they played the Pelicans. Uh, yeah. Did they play, they have, have they had the opportunity to play the uh, Indiana Pacers yet? Not yet. They have I, not. I no, they play the Pacers uh, November 22nd is their first game against the Pacers. Okay. So, I mean, the Jazz, I'll be honest, they may split. Only because the you know Utah they lost to Chicago they probably they may want to get that game back so they may actually lose that game on the road. Can they beat Denver? I don't I don't know. That's my two favorite teams going against each other. Yeah, like I don't I don't know if they can beat them. I know they can beat the Celtics. I know they can beat the Celtics, and I know they can beat the Sixers if they can contain and beat. They can beat them. They can definitely beat the Nets. James Hard just may not feel like playing that day or something. You know, he's got he's been looking moody, dude. I'll be honest. He just looks I agree. Moody. Like the game where he decided to have the ten plus free throws, that was the only game where he was looking aggressive. Yes. Say, a lot of people would say like he was complaining about foul calls, but if you actually watch the Brooklyn Nets games, he wasn't really even being that aggressive in terms of getting to the line, trying to get to the rim. Like it was, it was lackluster. He didn't really shoot that many attempts as being the number two guy on that team. So you know they have not, the Bulls have an opportunity to win that game as well. Yeah, I'm just excited to see what they come up with for the next couple of weeks to show what type of team they actually they actually are. Um, all right, what what is one of your things you're looking out for this week? For me, it's going to be how Giannis responds to their slow start, rough start coming off, you know, winning that world championship. Yeah. He's playing well. You know, I'll give him that. He's playing well. He didn't look too well against Rudy Gobert the other night. I wasn't too pleased with that either, man. Like, like Rudy Gobert dunked on Giannis. I was so <laughs> mad. I was so mad. However, and they lost that game. But Drew Holiday was out. Chris Middleton's out. 
And so with both of them being out, being day to day at the moment, I just want to see how Giannis responds to that. No Brooke Lopez. He's out of the lineup. How are you going to respond as the former MVP, finals MVP? You know, how he's going to be able to handle that moving forward, carrying these other guys on the team. And so I know some things that they're going to have to address this week will be rebounding. They're going to have to address that. They have to address that in terms of uh, free agency, the free agency market, too, is too big, because that's looking like something that's going to be uh, detrimental to them long term as opposed to short term, even with Brooke Lopez coming back. They got to be able to share the ball. They're not doing too well of that or a good job as they've done the last two seasons. And then the third thing is a three point shooting. Got to get better at that. Right. That was a he team does. that was that was a three point shooting uh, team last year. Giannis is improving. He had 35 percent. But uh, the other guys got to chip in. As well. <laughs> I like it. And then finally, for me, the thing I want to see this week, I want to I want the heat. We talked about the Bulls proving where that they're a good basketball team. I want the Heat to prove that they're a contender because okay. I think the Heat can be a finals contender, and this is going to be the week to prove it. They play the Dallas Mavericks. They play the Celtics. They play the Jazz. They play the Nuggets. So this is a great opportunity for them, Zach, to see how they stack up against some of the better teams in the West and to see what they can, what they can do against them. They are the best team defensively in the NBA. Defensive mm-hmm. efficiency is like 93.8. It's like the best by far in the NBA right now. Uh, so I would love to see how they stack up. Dallas will be a fun game, but really against the Jazz and the Nuggets, you're going to be playing two of the better teams in the West. So this is really the week. This week and next week for the Miami Heat is where they are going to prove if they can actually stick around as being a potential contender in the NBA because they're, they've been looking good. They've been undervalued in the betting market. They've been undervalued by analysts. So I think this is the time for them to show that they belong in the finals conversation. So – What's funny being about the Miami Heat is that I'm still one of them people that don't really, ain't really feeling them yet. You are not sold. I on mean, that. Tyler, listen, Tyler Hero, five one. Tyler Hero, he's balling. I just don't like Jimmy Butler. Like, it's just I'm not sold. Like I like the Miami Heat Twitter account tweeted best two way player in the league, and I'm just like, eh, that's eh, a tough one. That's a tough one because like his opponent probably will score their average or more. When, when playing against Jimmy Butler. So, you know, so like, that's like the whole two way thing. I, that's, that's not really a thing. No. Like, I, not- and I agree. I think Jimmy and as some, he was on the Bulls and I thought, you know, he was a good player, but I don't think he's the best two way player in the NBA. I think he's overhyped. I think he's taken the Mark Wahlberg playbook and just really overhyped himself waking <laughs> up at two 30 in the morning and grinding all day, <laughs> lifting weights 10 times a day, eating only protein. You know, it's like he hypes himself up to be this guy. And then, that's how everyone sees him, and just a grinder who works hard, plays good defense, good offensive player, when that's not always the case with Jimmy Butler, you know? So I get it. He's overhyped, and I think you cannot buy into the Jimmy Butler hype but still buy into the Miami Heat because okay. I think that this this Heat, and we said it to begin the season, every game that the Heat play is going to just be gross. It's going to be dirty. They're, they're, they're the best team defensively for a reason is they just make you play down in the dirt, down in the muck with them. So – that's what I expect to see in the next couple of weeks from them. Hopefully we see it. Okay, for me, what I want to see, this ain't got nothing to do with no NBA team. But what I need to see is the Las Vegas betting folks out there. <laughs> I need them to adjust to the league as it currently is right now. Because what did we talk about at the beginning of this podcast? You know, it's wide open. The defense has improved. So there's not a lot of scoring. So if there's not a lot of scoring, that means the player props should be adjusted, right? It mm-hmm. shouldn't You're be onto like, something. 
You shouldn't be minus 370 for Damian Lillard to make three threes. That's an actual bet, too, by the way, like minus 370. And if you go to his actual like game log, he's only had two games out of the six games with three made threes. So shouldn't it be maybe, I don't know, two minus 200, 180? I mean, he's struggling, Ben. 23%, like, is Vegas watching these games at this point? I, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, he's shooting 23% from three. Dame Lillard, he is clearly struggling, and I think people still continue to bet his overs, so that's maybe why the market is like that. People just see Dame Lillard, and they are like, all right, let's bet his three-point over. But it's brutal. Like, it's, it's bad, yeah. <laughs> no, I... I really like that and looking and, and I think this is where you, I mean, we're going to get to your betting corner in a second, but I think this is where you take advantage of the market, right? This is where you see them. It's too high with some of these player props, especially scoring, maybe three point as well, because it's everything scoring and three point shots been down around the league. It's been a defensive league thus far through five, six games. So maybe you hit some unders and, and as tough and hard as it is to hit player prop point unders. Unders, bro. I'll be scared. <laughs> You're rooting for somebody to miss. Like, that's, yeah, it's so weird, man. Like it's, it's very hard to, to do the unders. unless you don't like a player. Like if you don't like a player, <laughs> you root against him, then all by all means, you can hammer that under. That is easy. Means. Uh, let's do stat of the week. And this Ooh. involves the team that you think. It's top four material. <laughs> top four material. The Los Angeles Lakers. What is the stat of the week this week, Zach? One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> the stat of the week this week, Ben, is 26. And you want to know why? I do. <laughs> because the Los Angeles Lakers were up by as many as 26 points. To a team who probably finished last the last two seasons in the NBA, all like total in, in the East and in the West. The Oklahoma City Thunder, a team with only probably one player worth the amount of money he currently has, that $200 million. That's Shai Gilders Alexander. But they allowed the likes of Lou Dort, <laughs> Darius Baisley. <laughs> They're the only Yikes. two players off the top of my head of this recording that I can think of. That's on that they roster like, right now. They sound like fake names to people who don't know who they are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they come back and they beat the Los Angeles Lakers down 26 points and had Russell Westbrook get ejected in his return to Oklahoma City while wearing a Los Angeles while wearing a Los Angeles Lakers jersey. So it was just all bad for them, but I still think they can finish top four. That may, <laughs> that may have been a wake up call. I honestly there believe that may have been a wake yeah. up call for that team. Like, all right, we got to get our act together. You know, I think we may start to see some things turn around because they bounced back when the game against Cleveland. And I think they'll be all right against their next opponent as well. All right. See, I after you did your bet of the day last week, and the line looked like it may have been changing with the Denver Nuggets, mm-hmm. I texted you. I said, I don't think we can do this anymore because <laughs> the lines change. It's hard to predict how the line's going to be just the next day because of injuries. And then what happened, Zach? What happened to your bet? Well, you, you tell it me what. One, <laughs> your stupid bet one. And here we, here I am. What I know, baby. <laughs> Just feeling like a complete idiot, just saying, oh, my God, his bet actually hit. The line moved in your favor, too, it after did. the injury, everything. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, God, I'm going to have to explain this on the podcast. So here yeah. I am doing Zach's bet of the day, round two. And and 
I'm thinking, all right, well, you'll do a bet for tomorrow. And then I look at your notes, and you have a bet for Friday. Yes. The lines don't even exist for Tuesday's games yet, and you have a a bet for Friday. Yes, I do. My bet of the day is for this Friday, this Friday night. These are two two games that I like, Ben. And I know I'm going to watch these games on Friday night as well. Because the Raptors, listen, Scotty Barnes, listen, he done won me some money. Two games in a row <laughs> off the 15 points, either either him to get 15 points and for them to win, which was the game previously before they had lost. And then the next game was the same thing, 15 points plus the win. And I believe they won, but it was with a parlay and somebody else didn't do their job, Steph. Yeah, yeah, see, I, had, I, had, I had something dramatic, though. I won't lie. Sure. But at the same time, being I had something dramatic, but it wasn't really dramatic. It was Steph to get 35, but this one messed it up. I usually, well, I ain't going to say usually. Sometimes I'll put 10-plus for Draymond Green. Like, I did it last week, 10-plus points, just for giggles, and it didn't hit. But then the game, he decided to just score 14 points. Like, I didn't I didn't bet it. So, like, that, that's that's, that, oh, that's the frustrating part. Of that's that, disrespectful that on his yeah, part. Yeah, that's the frustrating part. You know, so I took Steph over Draymond. But, you know, it's Steph. He can get 35 and three-quarters, sit the fourth. Oh, no. yeah. They were up at halftime by like 30. He didn't play the barely the third. In the <laughs> I was upset. You messed but, up. <laughs> but this bet of the this bet of the day for this week, Friday night, I like Bucks money line over the Knicks. It's a two team parlay with the Raptors over the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I like Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, to take care of business over the likes of Colin Sexton and the Cavaliers and the Milwaukee Bucks. My man's Giannis. He'll have his guys back. Hopefully, Chris Middleton, I'm pretty sure he'll be back. Drew should be back. And so I'll take the money line, that game, over the New York Knicks. I love it. I love that you're betting on an NBA game five days in advance. I love that you're making it a parlay. I want. <laughs> you, you might be the first person to ever make a parlay of games five days in advance for the NBA. That's great. I already I know respect what two teams it. I want on that day already. Those are the two teams. <laughs> That's fair. Well, you're 1-0, so I can't argue. You're 1-0, well, you make it 2-0, and and it's your bet of the day slash bet of the week, and it's a parlay. So I, I got to go with it. I like it. Hey, listen, tell me, don't trail me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't trail you until you start losing. Yeah, yeah, there you And go. then it'll be fade Zach of the week. Ooh-wee! <laughs> And on that note, that's going to conclude this edition of the Points of the Pay podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast the way that we did. Make sure you subscribe, follow, and listen wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you also do this one thing. Throughout this season, this NBA season, midway through this NFL season, listen to Sharp Lessons for all your betting analysis for my man Nate Jacobson and my main man Ben Wittenstein and listen to Take Don't Lie with Michael Felder for all your football coverage around both college football realm and a little bit in NFL realm as well and you will hear from us. Make sure you follow Points Paint on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram wherever you get your podcast at Points of the Paint remember, you'll hear from us next week.